It's no secret Nikhil Harry is a reclamation project, and nobody really has major expectations for him, but do we maybe have something there? Been a bit of a week. Welcome to the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You liked it on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Luke Braun, and let's find some joy today. You can find the Locked On Vikings podcast wherever you find your favorite shows, whether it is a any podcast listening app, like SiriusXM's app, we're on there. Uh, you can also find the show on YouTube or on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app today. On the show, or today's show is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And a special shout out and thank you to those of you who listen to this show every single day. My hashtag everydayers, make it your first listen every day as long as I post it on time. Apologies for that. That one's on me. <laughs> Today on the show, I want to talk about Nikhil Harry and a whole bunch of other little odds and ends that happened at Thursday's joint practice, as well as previewing the actual Titans preseason game and what I'll be looking for there, considering we probably won't see a lot of starters uh, in the preseason at all, uh, maybe a little, but that would be it. But first, okay, so Nikhil Harry joins the team in August, right? And guys that join the team in August, unless they're you know, Jadeveon Clowney going to the Ravens, right? Unless they're like the premier free agent of the of the place that's actually signing a real deal and something a little bit more substantial. A lot of these guys, you know, dudes that were first round picks but are at the end of their rookie contracts and nobody wants them anymore. That's Nikhil Harry. Um, very rarely make an impact. But I'm looking at this wide receiver room and I think where Harry slots in, he's got a shot. And that's pretty cool. If he can, like, that's a, that would be a pretty cool story. Uh, here's the thing. I remember like six months ago, uh, I was super worried about the wide receiver room. It looked like the cornerback room. They had like two guys under contract in the cornerback room. They had like three guys under contract in the wide receiver room. They needed to add so many pieces. And when it's a room where you have to add that many pieces, uh, in one off season, it's just, you know, you're, you're having to rely on going six for six on these guys, right? So somewhere you're going to ha have this problem in depth, but with wide receiver, I just do not feel that way, uh, anymore. And I think part of that is, you know, Brandon Powell counts for a lot more than I thought, you know, uh, so getting somebody like Nikhil Harry, who is, is counting for a lot more than I thought. And of course that, you know, my worry was pre Jordan Addison that helps too. Um, but that also means like suddenly this room feels crowded and a guy like Nikhil Harry feels like, hmm, you know, where, where, do, who does he knock off? Not Powell. He's been playing great. Is it Rager, you know, or, but that would still make him the sixth guy. Is it Naylor? Cause he's super hurt. Is he going to go on IR? What's going to happen? Um, those, those are all the questions. And I think what, what I want to see from Nikhil Harry is I want to see him consistently separate. I, I honestly, I don't care how many balls he actually catches. I don't care about the stats at all. I want to see him beat corners. Uh, I want to see him get in one-on-ones and win those one-on-ones and not by, you know, being blanketed, but jumping up and over and getting a contested catch, right? Those are great. And we know Nikhil Harry can do that. I don't need to see any more of that from Nikhil Harry. He has proven that skill. Um, but that was kind of the thing with him at, at Arizona State and in New England and in Chicago 
was struggling to separate. And it's more than just being a big receiver. He's 225 pounds. That's huge for a receiver. Uh, Colin Thompson is 225 pounds, and he's listed as a tight end. And maybe it's better to think of Nikhil Harry as a pseudo tight end. But he doesn't line up in line. He doesn't do the tight end things. He's not lining up at F, which the Vikings might do. More on that a little later. But ultimately, if he isn't getting open, and someone like Brandon Powell is, I don't care that Brandon Powell is smaller because he, he doesn't have to con, con, uh, win any contested catches. His catches aren't contested. He's open. <laughs> that, it's an oversimplification of um, that situation. But if, if I had to slot him in right now, I'd probably say Nikhil Harry looks like he's about seventh, if you count Jalen Naylor as the wide receiver four. And then um, Rager, I think, is five, with Addison being out in the joint practices. Rager's the one that took the first team reps, not Powell. So Rager sits, is sitting at five right now. Uh, and then Powell's probably six, and then I think Nikhil Harry's next. But he's still fending off guys like Tristan Jackson and Lucky Jackson, who have uh, and Thayer Thomas, who have also been doing things, uh, doing good things in these joint practices and even in the preseason game and stuff. Um, that is going to be a fascinating group, those twos and threes in uh, the receiving room and and how those guys can compete with each other because it's more than just the five roster spots at stake. And this is where I think Nikhil Harry comes in. This dude is angling out a practice squad slot. You can keep, I think, like four guys that have more accrued seasons than usually you keep for a practice squad slot. And honestly, there's not never really much pressure uh, when it comes to those like veteran slots. Um, and so you can sort of freely just take the best dudes. And so between uh, Jackson and Tristan Jackson and Lucky Jackson and Nikhil Harry and whichever one you don't keep of Rager and Powell, you could probably keep two of those guys on the roster as extra depth, especially if you're only going to roster five wide receivers, you probably want to have uh, at least two on the practice squad, maybe even three. That's where I think Nikhil Harry can slot in. So I, I do think if he doesn't end up on another roster, which, hey, look, everybody had a first round grade on him in 2019, right? So he might, uh, or at least a second round grade, you know, high draft grade on him. So, you know, some other team might say, hmm, let's give this guy a shot, just like we did and just like the Bears did. Uh, but if, barring that, you might have a practice squad slot that, you know, suits up for his like three allotted games or two allotted games or whatever. And maybe you have that from Nikhil Harry. But for me to feel better about him than I feel about Rager and Powell, I need to see him beat corners a lot. That's what I want out of him. Um, elsewhere in joint practices, uh, some quick injury stuff. We got two more. Uh, Caleb Evans and Makai Blackman, rough day for the cornerback room. Uh, Caleb Evans collided with Josh Metellus in the end zone in a seven on seven drill. And um, he got take, pulled out of the game. It looked very concussion-y. He tweeted out later, no, I'm fine. The new helmet got tested. So I assume that means he's not concussed. Lucky break there. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see if he comes out in the preseason game. Although I don't know if he would have played anyways. Uh, so I, I think we'll have to wait to like practice to actually know exactly where he's at. And hey, maybe if he did get a concussion, sometimes those can only last a couple of days. Although with his concussion history, they would tend to be longer, but it's all like tens to and maybes uh, and, and probable probably's. there's, there's really no certainty ever with a concussion thing, but Hey, if he tweeted that he's probably all right. And Josh Metellus said, you know, my bad, like they're having fun with it. I don't think you would, they would be allowed to tweet that stuff if it were a concussion. And then Makai Blackman came down, looked like he injured his, his arm. Tom Pelissero also tweeted that they avoided a major injury, which is interesting wording. That tell, doesn't sound like he'll be back tomorrow to me. Maybe it is. It could be. Uh, but when usually when you get that, it's, you know, oh, it's a minor injury. He'll be out a couple of weeks, 
So maybe he'll be ready for week one and all that, but that might be the end of seeing him in preseason in camp. And hey, you know what? He's proven what he had to prove. So I'm okay with that. Uh, as long as you know we don't start missing him for actual in-game action. Uh, and then I also wanted to shout out Andrew Booth, who has had a pretty good week as uh, he's like cornerback five or six. We were talking on the Minnesota football party about like, I don't know, is he like maybe not going to make the team? I was talking about that on the postcast too. And I, I think that the second round pedigree is gone with Booth. I think he has to make the team on merit. Um, and it, it, look, formally everybody does, but like obviously, you know, you're not going to like cut Lewis scene. He was a first round pick. Uh, but with Booth, it felt like things were going poorly enough. And after getting beat, I was like really mad about that Jake Bobo touchdown. That kind of turned out to be the only bad play of, of his game. So I was probably overreacting to that. Um, but he had a nice interception in camp. And and for all intents and purposes, it sounds like he had a good couple of practices against uh, the Titans. So getting some momentum on him is nice. And I want to see him get a ton of reps. Um, you know, with a, a Caleb Evans played like the first whole the whole first half against the Seahawks. I want to see Andrew Booth honestly play the put Booth and scene in for the whole game. I want to see these guys uh, and be sick of watching them by the end of it. Um, I'm not quite done with joint practices. There's also some physicality to talk about as well as a rep that a lot of people are sharing around that I wanted to weigh in on. And then of course the Titans game preview. So we've got quite a bit to talk about. I also want to talk to you about LinkedIn jobs. As we get to the fall hiring season, um, especially, you know, summer grads getting out of school and all that stuff, but also, you know, just those, those late third quarter, those fourth quarter pushes for your year, it is hiring season. And that means you probably have, if you're in charge of this kind of thing, a job that you want to put on LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. They've got the biggest market out there for uh, prospective hires, and they have all kinds of tools like screening questions to help you find what's right for your business and your needs. It's always unique. This is very much not a cookie cutter thing. So Use those tools on LinkedIn jobs. And again, you can post your job for free. It's super easy. Just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and you can spread the word that you're hiring. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again to my hashtag everydayers. Thanks again for your patience today. Uh, let's talk about the one-on-ones. Um, the O-line, D-line one-on-ones at Titans joint practices were very physical. Uh, and they ended up getting a guy tossed <laughs> or leading to later a guy getting tossed. We'll talk about the fights in a minute. But um, first off, Arden Key had a very interesting day. And this isn't locked on Titans, so I'm not going to evaluate him. Uh, but... Around Vikings world, if you're on Vikings Twitter, for example, you probably saw a rep of Christian Derrissaw destroying Arden Key. It was number 49. He tries to do a spin move. Derrissaw just punches him into oblivion. We've seen that a million times on the on the field. Um, Arden Key did not like this and posted a whole bunch of other reps, which I actually appreciate because it lets me watch more Christian Derrissaw. Um, and it looked like he had a couple of decent reps, although I think he was counting some W's that I don't know if I would necessarily count as the best W's uh, with with O-line, D-line. Sometimes, like, I'm starting to realize, like, I'm, I'm starting to think about, I guess, draws, like stalemates. Not stalemates in the way of, like, in the run game, if you're the D-tackle and, and you stalemate, you win because you stopped them. But in, like, man, I don't know, I guess both, that, like, sort of half wins. 
uh, <laughs> reps that sort of occupy a gray area between a win and a loss for both both sides. There was one Arden Key. He bull rushed Christian Derisaw, got his hands to the inside. So when your hands are to the inside of the chest, you have leverage, right? And so as strong as Derisaw is, Arden Key was able to move him, but then Derisaw was able to anchor. He was pretty close to the quarterback. I probably wouldn't be happy with that. I think you'd log it as a pressure. So I guess you call that a win for Arden Key. But at the end of the day, in a real game situation, if that's what happens, the quarterback's probably getting the ball away because he didn't move off of his spot. Got really close, but didn't move off of his spot. So like... It's like an L, but one you're not too mad about if you're Christian Derrissaw. And there was another one where Arden Key got like up and around. Uh, but you got to be really careful with those up and around reps. There was one that went the other way that got really viral from uh, Browns-Eagles joint, pra- joint practices. Um, Browns-Eagles joint practices were... Um, there was It was Brandon Graham versus some random, I think like an undrafted rookie. And Brandon Graham very much got around and the quarterback, quote unquote quarterback, who was, I think, just a, an OL coach or an assistant coach that was standing in, kind of stepped up and out of the way. So he didn't take Brandon Graham to the face. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and it looked like Brandon Graham went up and around too far and that it was, a, you know, a win for the offensive lineman. Absolutely was not. But people mist- mistook it for that. Um, Kind of similarly, though, that's a good like habit to have where, okay, if a guy gets up and around and, and you'll see this from like the end zone view a lot, if I post an end zone view clip, people will be like, wow, that tackle got killed because you can't see the depth. The guy's three yards up and ahead of where the quarterback's drop point was. So instead of watching the quarterback himself, watch the drop point, watch where the quarterback planted his feet in the first place and say, did the D line get there? And if the quarterback moved off his spot or whatever, then that good job for that quarterback. But did you get, did you protect the point you were supposed to protect? That's what I'm looking at for the offensive line. Um, in terms of that rep where Arden Key went up and around, personally, I would say Derisaw did fine. Again, it's like a middle, it's, it's a great, it was close. Uh, so if you wanted to say, and, and Arden Key did get his hands on the quarterback. So I guess you can call it a W for him, but it's not one that I'm like mad about. You know what I mean? And I guess the big rep in one-on-ones that's worth um, going over is one you almost certainly saw if you're on Vikings Twitter, which was uh, Tier Tart and Garrett Bradbury. And Garrett Bradbury is totally thrown. It's this really ugly-looking rep, and I wanted to talk about the nuances of it. Will Raggett's posted the rep, and then actually John Sullivan, former Vikings center, uh, weighed in and kind of said, hey, look, this is a one-on-one, and there's all these reasons that it's not uh, a... like an accurate simulation. And I I think that's maybe more charitable, but Hey, he was a center too. So I get it. Um, but I, he's like, right. So here's the deal with one-on-ones. Typically you will line up and you'll have like Alan Ali was lining up next to Garrett Bradbury. And typically on a one-on-one you're told rush a gap. And if you rush to a different gap, you're kind of making the simulation a little bit weird. And I don't know, personally, I, I think that kind of wrecks the, the drill, a little bit, but I, hey, I'm not in the NFL, so, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, the, but you'll, in, like, in a game situation, he was uh, playing as though he was the end man on the slide side. So it would have been left tackle, left guard, and center would slide to the left. And so that means Garrett Bradbury would have help on his outside hip. Now, in this drill, Alan Ali, who is playing scout team left guard, I guess, or whatever, just kind of got out of the way as to not wreck the drill. 
So Bradbury had to kind of rush his process a little bit and it wrecked his base of footwork and he gets tossed. He, he was totally off balance and he gets tossed. And by the way, not to take anything away from T.R. Tart, who uh, had very, very good hands technique to actually punish that mistake. If you think about an in-game situation, you know, you, you say, and, and that, that was John Sullivan's point was, well, this doesn't really look like what would happen in a game. It's a, it's a drill. It's a one-on-one. Everyone calm down. And that's totally fair. Um, the better situation that that simulates in a real game is the situation where your left guard messes up or where someone stunts around and takes your left guard away from you. And now you're not in the slide side. That's a mistake on the left guard. And it's one of those things where as the center, that's not your fault, but it is kind of your problem now. (laughs) And, um, you know, if, if we go back, if that happens and Garrett Bradbury gets tossed because the left guard abandoned him. You go back to the sideline and the left guard's the one getting yelled at, not necessarily Bradbury. But I think there's some kind of, there's like an internal locus of control thing here where you go, okay, but you're the, you're not the left guard, right? So if you're the center and that happened to you and you got abandoned, what are you going to do next time to not get tossed in that situation, right? And I think, you know, Bradbury could have been maybe a little bit quicker with his feet or maybe he didn't have to, uh, I, I think if you're going to have to be in a rush like that, quicker feet can get you a little further sometimes, but that's a much more minor note than the one you would give to the left guard for abandoning him. But in a one-on-one drill, the left guard is always going to abandon him. So these one-on-ones can like, you have to be so careful about how much you react to a one-on-one drill. Same thing for wide receivers and cornerbacks. If a cornerback is getting dusted in the one-on-ones, I absolutely do not care. Like it's just not, they will, often be playing in a certain leverage where um, I want to say it was Cam Bynum. Everybody had a practice. Everybody's like, Cam Bynum did awful today. And it was because in the one-on-ones, he was playing in certain leverages, simulating coverages where he would have inside help. And then the route would go to the inside and he would let it go. And it's like, okay, well, he practiced what he was supposed to do there. So he actually got a good rep of practicing and it just looked like the guy got open because we didn't bother to put a linebacker over there to pick up the route, but he passed it properly. Um, And so you just have to be really, really careful about what you're looking at. That doesn't mean everything is hunky-dory and and nobody can ever make any mistakes and we can't ever, you know, criticize anyone. We just got to be a little careful. We just got to be, you know, really think through, okay, why did this happen? And is that reason going to translate into the real game action? And it might but probably not that often. So be about as mad as you want about something that might happen, and if it does, it won't happen that often. Let's move right along into the Titans game. Uh, The Vikings will play on Saturday, and so what exactly are we looking for, especially if we're still not really going to see the starters, I don't think. So let's keep it rolling with this Locked on Vikings podcast. Um, And now let's actually preview the Titans preseason game. So here's one thing that I'm going to be kind of looking for. Uh, this is what, according to Beg Gessling, this is what Kevin O'Connell wanted when he called the Titans to say, let's do joint practices in a preseason game. Kevin O'Connell wanted the Titans specifically because of their run defense. Um, so let's test that run game. Let's see what we can do against one of the better run defenses in the league. And I know it's the, the twos of the better run defense in the league. Um, but hey, they have a D-line that's, that is supposed to be very well regarded, or at least it is according to, to Tyler Rowland, who I talked to earlier this week about it, uh, who does Lockdown Titans. So let's see, fully test that run game. And so what I want to see 
it w- I think it would be really weird to bring in the run defense team and let's test all our stuff and then do the same thing they did last week where they didn't do any of their 21 personnel runs. Or they did some, but they had like a tight end at F and they only did it a couple of times. And I don't mind the tight end at F if you don't want CJ Ham to suit up and get hurt. Um, that's fine. We don't need to see CJ Ham in particular, but I do want to test out the concepts against the way that they do run defense. And that might mean you see a little bit more of Josh Oliver running as a fullback, lining up at F, uh, which is where you would see a fullback, basically. Um, so see some of that, or see some of Johnny Munt there, or even Nick Muse there. Uh, go down to Ben Sims and Colin Thompson, too. So let's test those concepts. Last week, they lived in Zap, um, which is a 12 personnel run. Two tight ends on one side and you run outside zone to that side. They basically just spammed that over and over and over again. And so it wasn't a great simulation of the sort of variables that you get in the run game. And, and, you know, having to show up and properly execute a whole bunch of different concepts on the same day. It's a difficult thing for an offense to do. It's a difficult thing for defenses to defend. So I kind of want a dry run of that. And I know it won't be the right, the same guys, but I still think that it's a valuable experience especially it's very valuable for the twos and hey you know backups matter right guys get hurt um but i think it's also just sort of proof of concept and whatever problems come up because you go oh well you know alan ali got killed at right guard and that run got blown up and you go okay do i expect that to be different when it's ed ingram why did he get blown up does ed, ed ingram do the same thing uh, you know, same thing. Like, okay, Vidarian Lowe lost a rep at left tackle. Will Darisaw do the same thing? You can be a little bit pointed about your analysis there, but it gives you at least a base to work off of. And then you adjust, oh, you know, that one was the twos. Okay, that won't happen because it's the twos. Or maybe, hmm, that play got actually really figured out. And whether or not it's the ones or the twos, that one might not work. We maybe have to go back to the drawing board on that one. That can be what is the, like, the actual use of this preseason game, even if a whole bunch of guys that play, you end up cutting. Um, and in this, in this similar vein, let me see something out of Nikhil Harry because, because of that, because of the way they behaved in that first preseason game where it was so much 12 personnel and so little 11 personnel comparatively, and they didn't run any 21 at all. So maybe they, they will run, they ran as much 12 as there will be 12 and 21 and they just split it differently this time. Um, or they'll just like split it up next time. But like either way. You're just not going to need six receivers on this roster. That's just not a body that you need unless that sixth guy is a special teams maven. And a big reason is because, hey, you know, let's say two receivers get hurt. Okay, now we're down to three only on the whole team. Now we need more backups, but you will have two or three on the practice squad. Um, So I want to see Nikhil Harry, if he's going to make this team or the practice, I want to see him outdo Jalen Rager and Brandon Powell. That's that's got to be the goal, right? You got to outplay those guys. And if you can outplay those guys handily enough that you take their roster spots, that awesome. But even if you can just go toe to toe with those guys or just look like you belong amongst that group, now you're starting to clutch onto a practice squad slot. And hey, practice squad slot, eventually that's going to turn into reps. Guys get hurt. Guys get COVID, right? Like guys get uh, guys get benched. Um, special teamers get hurt and you need to be activated for that. So that puts you in an organization and hey, play well enough. You can be on a practice squad and then get called up to someone else's roster by week eight, right? Someone's going to have a a, a wide receiver depth problem. And guess what? This game's on TV. Everyone gets to see it. Uh, So go do it. You know, Um, I I do want to also see the second team O-line continue to thrive. I I thought they had a great game against Seattle. I was really happy with the second team O-line. 
uh, with the exception of Austin Schlotman. So I'll take four out of five, and I'd love to see four out of five again. But maybe the the one depth chart thing that I, I haven't brought up yet that's most interesting is um, Darren Wolfson on his podcast at Score North said that he thinks that Ivan Pace is supplanting Brian Asamoah. I don't think that's going to be the case, but here's what you can look for. Um, and, and I'll explain myself in a bit. Here's what you can look for. If Ivan Pace does not play in the preseason game, he has solidified his place as a starter on the team. But that doesn't mean he's taken Brian Asamoah's slot. That might just mean that he's uh, taken a rotational role in nickel and dime packages. So he's a nickel and dime linebacker. That probably moves Jordan Hicks off the field, which is what we want against, uh, you know, nickel packages against 11 personnel, faster guys. I explained that about Ivan Pace in uh, yesterday's episode, I think. And um, like that, the the difference between Mike and Mac, you have a Mike linebacker, a Will linebacker, and a Mac linebacker. Those are three separate jobs, or they can be three separate jobs. They aren't always three separate jobs. Um, so the fact that Ivan Pace is like ascending up the depth chart a little bit doesn't necessarily supplant either Hicks or Asamoah. It's just that we're not asking one of those two guys to do multiple jobs the same way that like Kyle Van Noy did in Miami or whatever. Um, that so I, I don't know about like oh Asamoah has lost his starting role like he's hurt I mean he's he's injured right now and he was having a very good camp so I I highly doubt that the team is very happy with him they they think of him as a leader on the defense um, but hey yeah guys are going to rotate out a lot and I think actually like snap counts will not reflect the team's opinion of a player. And I know that sounds weird. Like, wouldn't you want to put your best players in more than your worst players? But it's more about matchups and, you know, specific play styles and body styles and what the other guys are doing. The off. Another way to put it, the offense is going to dictate who's on the field for the Vikings more than the Vikings will. Like the opposing offense is going to be able to make that decision, which is kind of a weakness of the Flores rotational stuff, which is, you know, hey, if we would rather not have Ivan Pace on the field, we'd rather throw against Jordan Hicks. We're throwing at a base um, at or at a 12 personnel. But that also means, you know, you're you're now running past concepts with an extra tight end on the field. That's a little slower. So you better be able to do that. And if they can do that, they might be able to exploit a weakness. That might be something that happens to the defense. And we have to sort of problem solve accordingly. Um, and then the last thing that I'm looking for is I, I want to see how that run defense holds up against the Titans run, rushing attack. They have a very good rushing attack. I doubt we'll see like Derrick Henry or anything like that. Uh, but they still have a very good rushing attack. And importantly, they have a rushing attack with that. They, they're still running what Arthur Smith ran, basically, which is very similar to what the Packers run and very similar to what the Vikings run, very similar to some of the stuff I think we're going to see in Detroit some of the time, too. So I think it's a good thing to practice how to fit against those particular run plays and stuff. And it's a good chance for guys like Jonathan Bullard or Asesia Tomowo, you know, guys that are sort of fighting for their roster spot to sort of have a proven ground. So I'm going to be watching the trenches very keenly, a little bit of Nikhil Harry, and then let's just see who kind of who plays at linebacker. It'd be very interesting. Um, I, I'll be back the next time you'll see me on YouTube. I'll be on the Lockdown Minnesota Sports YouTube channel live recapping the Vikings-Titans game. So come in after Vikings-Titans and, and we'll talk with uh, with Sam Ekstrom. And then that will also be on the podcast feed. So if you're an audio, audio listener, you'll get that on Saturday after the game. And then we'll talk again on Monday as per usual. I will see you all for all of that. And as always, skull.